0: Hey there, folks. Once again, it's the Unicast episode number 91. And today we are speaking with Jack Flans of the Jack and Mo Cooking Show. Uh, plus, we're joined by special guest host, Heather Waslowski of The Topping Tree, whose name I will butcher ad nauseum for the rest of the time that we're friends. Plus this week, uh, Chuck Berry conversation, a little bit of talk about Sesame Street, uh, the World Happiness Report, lucid dreaming uh, Australian teenagers and the dumb things they do to find love. All that and more on this week's episode, number 91. We're happy to have you back, folks. the show today <sighs> gotta breathe in that fresh first day of spring air is it the first day of spring well yes when we recorded it is when people hear it, it'll be the second day of spring but yes oh, monday okay. today is awesome. the first day of spring it's a nice day for it it was beautiful out today i i turned the heat on in my car when i was driving home and i'm halfway i'm like i'm sweating i'm gonna open the window it's nice out it was a nice change there it was a nice change Uh, So, welcome back once again, folks. Episode 91. 91. Ticking away. Ticking, ticking away. Uh, And we have uh, two special big announcements this week. Well, first off, I need to apologize for one thing. Last week, uh, I told you guys that the the boys from Byte uh, Doug and Jason would be on. Doug and Jason called me last week to tell me they could not get coverage for the shift they were trying to get coverage for, so they could not make it. They will be here later this week, so I'm not going to announce them as next week's guests because that goes poorly for me. Right. But I will say that theoretically, within the next few weeks, the boys from Bite will be back. Maybe next week. Maybe the week after. Who knows? But soon.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so the Bite boy, uh, by, ah, boys will be back sooner than later. Uh, however... We do have uh, someone coming in to be a third seats today. She is a two-time guest of the show. Her name is Heather Wazluski. You may know her. You're going
1: to she... have to get that name Wazlewski. right that she's on the show. Wazlowski? Well, we don't know if she's on the show. Wazlowski? She's coming. you got to get the name right. i she she I'll to her get, it, get it right. say it. No. I, I, well, I'm not going to get it right just
0: by stabbing at it with nothing to try. I'm just gonna... I,
1: I, I kind of like listening to you try. I don't want it, Let's I don't hear want a couple it. more runs. Wazlowski? That's
0: fine. <laughs> That'll do. Um... Anyhow, she's coming to join us. She told me she was nervous when she texted me. Did she? She did. What is she nervous
1: about, I wonder? She's afraid she won't be able to hang with us. We can't hang. Can we hang? Do we hang? We hang. Do we hang? I suppose. Uh, Learn something new every day, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Oh, and uh, so really quickly, I'm going to put over uh, my work really quickly. I have an event to announce. Uh, It's free for all you folks out there. Uh, March 28th. Tuesday, March 28th, 8 p.m. Young Scholars. Promise presents uh, Katie Spots, who's the youngest person to row across the Atlantic Ocean. She's coming to speak about the power of a promise. She's also talking about the company she started, uh, because I said uh, I would. Is. Well, yeah. Well. No, keep
1: going. Um,
0: Don't let me derail you so easy. You just got to go. <laughs> so, anyhow, March 28th at Utica College at the Herald uh, T. T clark junior athletic center it is a free community event uh so come on out should be a good time i will be there for the first portion of it because i have class that night so i'm gonna miss all the all the good exciting parts but that doesn't mean that you should miss out uh i've met katie she's really cool uh it's gonna be an interesting interesting interview How old she
1: when she rode across the atlantic
0: she's younger than we are now so
1: is she like well yeah i mean i'd have to ask her but like is she like are we talking about like early 20s Okay, so twenty. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if this is yeah. like some fourteen-year-old kid that just grabbed a no. robo and was like, I had it with you, mom and dad. I'm going to show you what's what." Yeah, I'm just out of here. I'm
0: gone, guys. I'm gone. I'm running uh, away. So you'll probably hear me pitch that again next week. You should come out though. It's free and it's really fascinating. She's really cool. Um, I, against my better judgment, I did two things this week. Oh yeah. Yeah, against my better judgment, I did two things that I'm going to regret. Number one. Um, I reapplied for fantasy baseball, which I said I wasn't gonna do. Fantasy baseball. Huh? I've been the commissioner you of my love
1: fantasy baseball. What I've mean been you weren't gonna do it.
0: I wasn't gonna do it. What? Um I'm tired of tracking down money. I'm tired of tracking as the commissioner, it is my job to be responsible. I would like to be in someone else's fantasy baseball league. You know what I mean? Like I'd like the responsibility lifted off me to collect the money and do all that kind of work because for anyone who's ever played any sort of fantasy sports league, you know that half that money's not coming. Those people who are like, oh, I'm in on fifty, hundred dollars, that money's not coming. They're not, right. they're not sending you that money after week one. You
1: should just make people venmo you right up front when they want to join the league. Not everyone's it. is is bullshit. Yeah. It's it's read Google it, read about it for five no. minutes, get no. it, and then send me my money. So
0: regardless, uh I'm back one last year, the tenth year. It also was the tenth oh, okay, year. There okay. You go. Ed Hinko, number 10, name of my fantasy baseball league. Been running it for 10 years as the commissioner. Um, however, for any listeners out there, and I can't imagine that there's gonna be anyone who listens to the show who wants in on this, right. I got an open space in you our fantasy baseball. One. You might league. get
1: one weird one. All we right. might get somebody like from sort of from the rafters, someone who's so not expect it. But
0: anyone wants a spot, fantasy baseball league, hundred dollar buy-in, draft is this weekend. Get at your boy, you at gmail.com. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, and I also did something else I regretted this week. Uh, although I told Jordan Peters I wasn't going to do it, although I told Katie I didn't want to do it, although I've talked to GFOP Cliff and said that I'm tired of doing it, I did indeed register for the Boilermaker because it was a round number, Boilermaker 40.
1: Was there, wait, there was question that you weren't going to do it? In I, my head. I didn't want to do it. Oh, I figured it was a given. No, I had sort of. I, I figured you'd be the guy. I think you're going to do a Boilermaker every year for the rest of your life. It's very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Ambitious. That's highly ambitious. No. Highly you ambitious. can do the Boilermaker. You can kill the Boilermaker. I saw you on, on the Made new in Utica Instagram. In the morning, I was shirt, feeling Shirt popping for the Boilermaker out there, <laughs> giving him the rare squat.
0: Very rare do I get to take off my shirt and not feel like an idiot Boilermaker one of those few times. I feel like
1: it's okay. Um, and last but not least. No, but f- you're going to run it and you're going to win it this year, Sam. You're going to run it and you're going to win it.
0: This will be the year. This is the year. The 40th. Yeah. You know what I got to do? I got to train at high altitudes. I got to go to a yes. higher altitude. Yes. that. Get I, my...
1: I didn't want to <laughs> say it last year because I didn't want to show you up on the show, but I feel like that really is the thing that's missing. That's going to put you over the top into that winning category. Uh, You're not training at high enough altitudes. Did you know I was on spring break this week? Uh, not until about Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't feel like much of a spring break. Uh, while I was well, on, Because no, and... nobody was doing anything. No. It the storm and everything. I mean...
0: By the way, and and we'll get into the storm in a minute. I was going to wait for Heather. uh, But one of the things that did happen during that storm that happened this week, which, you know what's funny? And I almost forgot to talk about it because it happened the day after last week's podcast and now it's all over. So I feel like the opportunity to really get into the snowstorm
1: conversation, we kind of missed it. No, because now we're nostalgic about the snowstorm. (laughs) It's been long enough. We're nostalgic. (laughs) Well, Remember the good old days when times were simpler? (laughs) And nobody had to go to work because it was snowing. Well, that was great, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't bad. uh, But what happened during
0: spring break at UC, I don't know if you read about it, the the dome collapsed. Yeah. The UC dome collapsed because of the snow, uh, to which I think to myself, that's what happens when you put that much snow on top of air. And small bars. It's just a dome. It's not like it's a... Yeah, it's like a glorified tarp. It's basically the golf dome from the Turning Stone. It's the same yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. No, it's I, like, I
1: get what it is, but... Like, people were, like, surprised. I'm like, well, it's it's only surprising
0: until you think about how much snow we
1: got. Well, and that's also the thing mean? to... Like... That's also... I probably... And to be fair, I know almost nothing about air dome mechanics, but yeah. I'm gonna just... <laughs> I'm gonna go... I'm gonna go take a dive <laughs> off the pier anyway. Um, I assume, like, that nothing really happens to it because it deflates when it collapses, Right. So do why don't the, you just deflate it a little bit when the snow's coming so it doesn't pop? There's did it gotta pop be or did it It collapsed in good. I think the, the braces that held up the air. Okay, in my head it's basically a balloon. Did the balloon pop or was the balloon deflated? Deflated. It.
0: it was deflated. Deflated. It all okay. deflated in it on itself.
1: Then it can be redeflated. I mean re inflated. And yeah. Yeah. I mean You can that. always it's 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 a sports dome. You can always reinflate. I mean look at the Patriots. They deflated then they won the Super Bowl that's the next true. year.
0: That's a fair point.
1: I think we got a big year coming up for I, UC Athletics. I think that's fair. And we got a big guest coming up today,
0: uh, Jack Plans from the Jack and Mo cooking show. Uh, had a good time with them. Uh, we put up a we're gonna put up the video later. Um I have to admit on our end the audio didn't come out quite as well as we'd have liked to for the first part of on it. On the video? Yeah, sadly. Yeah. That's the way it goes when you're shooting, it's shooting freelance life freelance life baby Shooting uh, the hip. no but we had a great i had a great time talking to jack
1: he's yeah uh, i'm glad that I, when i met him i'm glad that i'm glad that you guys hooked it up mm-hmm. and had a conversation he's an interesting guy
0: i talked to him about you i told him it's you know how you know
1: it's not always the
0: case that you know you you'll come in and tell me like hey you should you should interview this person or this person or this person it hey, people come out of the woodworks pretty pretty naturally it seems like pretty organically i getting mm-hmm. guests on this show the fact that you came in And were very adamant That I, you know Bring this guy in And hear his story And once I did You know I mean See what he, I mean Yeah, it's yeah. a great story So we'll get to Jack After uh, after the next segment uh, But for now We're gonna give Heather Her uh, her trial run Her grand welcome. welcome Her grand,
1: grand welcome Grand welcome For trial run
0: Because you and I, you and I just talk to each other a lot all the time. It's not like we've we don't just you gotta like pull it together
1: and have conversations more. Right? On my end, it is nice to have somebody share the misery of having to talk to me. I, not <laughs> so much. It's nice to get an extra. It's nice to get a third body
0: on the show. Third body. And uh, speaking of that third body, uh, she is a two-time Unicast guest. Member of the Two Timers Club. Uh, she's a super mom. She's a super wife. Uh, And she's a small business owner. You know her as the owner of the Topping Tree. Uh, I'm going to have you say your last name, because
1: I butchered it terribly the first time, and Kev was making fun of me. So it's Heather... It's
2: Wazalewski.
1: Wazalewski. See, I think he said it right the first time, but I just got in his head about it. I'm like, you got to learn how to pronounce that name. He's like, wait, what, what, why, what is it? Because then
0: it it wasn't in front of me, and I think I said Wazalewski, and then I said, wait, is it Waslowski? And then I just started rambling, and then I don't... I think I I went
2: from one bad last name to another bad last
0: name. You told me what you're... What was it again? The, it was,
2: fir- the first one was Janicky, but it was Janinski, or people Jan- would say Janiki, Janaki, whatever. And then I went to a longer last name, yeah. which is even
0: worse. My mom went from... <laughs> my mom went... I uh, God love her. She went from Sarar, which is like Middle Eastern, mm-hmm. to Familaro, which is its own bag of problems, to Kire Labor, which it, it seems like it got harder at each step. Like She just added on vowels and letters everywhere she went. Um, I don't feel bad saying her name because everyone knows who she is. She's a great teacher. Uh, Familaro... Is a fine one.
1: I feel like I that's like easy. That you just spell it's that like, out by the yeah, vowel. It's like easy syllable. You would
0: think so, but it's very easily butchered. People will move the L up to the front. Mm-hmm. Mr. Flamalero, I get that one a lot. Oh, Mr. Flamalero, what did you, <laughs> did you
1: did you
2: did have Wazalewski. <laughs> I mean, really, you just have to stop. <laughs>
1: have you
0: ever had somebody screw up Sullivan?
1: Uh I've had people ask me how to spell it. Yeah. Well, that's just because they have. can't spell. I they would just imagine. Wanted- yeah, I guess, maybe. But that <laughs> seems like it should be an easy one. I many people ask me how to spell my first name. No yeah, No. Yeah. I've Is... had people I've had things addressed to me or like people would like write in my yearbook sometimes like when I was in high school they spell it K E V E N Oh, I have a... Okay. No, that's, David, that's, it wasn't... Spoiler uh, spoil it, it wasn't the valedictorian who wrote okay. that, certainly, in my yearbook when I was in high school, but.
0: I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate. I actually have a couple students who spell Kevin that way. I think it's a cultural thing. Yeah, or like, a, like yeah. a lot of people use
2: an E-N instead of E-N, A-N. yeah, I'm yeah. yeah. Of my mean. sister
0: is Karen K-A-R-Y-N, and for years, I thought that was the normal spelling of Karen. I didn't know that that's the, the, the minority it's spelling important. of Karen. K-A-R-E-N, I believe, is the correct... The the more common spelling. I suppose. Well, we're talking about names now. Uh, So anyhow, before we get into our topics, I got a couple things we haven't talked to you in a while. How's, uh, so how's life as a mom? It's good, it's
2: good. It's definitely challenging, Hmm. so, but it's good.
0: You're the first, you're the first third person on the show to have like a kid and a husband and like a real life. (laughs) Man.
2: (laughs) I try to keep my old life as much as I can, but... That's it's not that easy.
1: <laughs> I feel like that's gotta be that seems like the hardest part. It's like yeah. all my friends that have kids, it's like, you know, so how's life as a mom? It's like, Well that's all right, but I'm trying to remember how to have life as Heather. Yeah, like and we'll that's go, the harder challenge. We'll
2: go skiing and we're like, you hold the baby and then I'll go ski and I'll come back in and then you go ski or rock climb, you hold the baby, I'll go climb and same thing. It's just Hard to keep it all
0: going. Uh, but GFOP, your husband Zach is the best. He's hilarious. He's awesome. He's a great guy. He's
2: chill, definitely.
0: He's uh, definitely chill. I haven't seen him since that wedding where I had too much to drink. Oh, I,
2: you were hysterical! Oh my god! That whole so table much. was awesome. We could have been put at a better table.
0: Was that? Do you have Dano at the table with us? Yeah, that's, oh, that's oh my god! Really cool
2: people. Yeah,
0: she think. got to meet the infamous Dano, who we've talked about so many times. All right, all right. I'm I'm that's rambling on. We're going off. Let's get into this week's show. Uh, so last week we did the poll. I thought we were into the show. Yeah, I thought
2: we. Started. I know. I know.
0: I want to get into the segments. The portions. Oh, the show that aren't just about i know all right right. all right all right so anyhow (laughs) last week we had the uh, the twitter poll up in honor of march madness about the most popular sporting events surprise surprise march madness won handily super bowl came in second no one seems to like the nba playoffs except you and me kev predictable uh the only thing i'll say and i expected it we talked about it um we talked about it last week We knew that people would talk to us about why the NHL wasn't on there. And as I mentioned to people on Twitter, I put it on there because I know the listeners like hockey. I knew you were all going to vote for it, number one. That's fine. We just assume that hockey is number one. Okay? All right, cool. This week, we're going to do something different for the poll. Okay. All right. This week, we're talking about fashion, bad fashion particularly, that has the best chance of coming back in style. I have four options I've come up with. If you guys like them or don't like them, let me know. We'll veto out a couple or we'll go with these four. I said one, flip-flops.
1: Have flip-flops gone anywhere? Now I, that's, mean, I
2: feel like they always People still here. wear them like crazy. I mean, I wear them.
1: They a... can't come back. I mean, go look We're in the summer. Okay. That, that was flip-flops. my question about flip-flops. We're going to You yeah, want to out I mean, flip-flops? We're taking out flip-flops. All right, good. I hate flip-flops. I would never wear them, but to say that they're gone? <laughs>
2: no. They're...
1: Is flip-flops... Can you... I feel like that's a... Is it a man's
0: article not, of clothing? It's no, that's a woman. Women's, it's a woman's. It's definitely a woman. Really as had soon had had as the first
2: warm weather comes out, they already take pictures of their feet and flip flops Yeah, it's not even it's close. Just, like, okay.
0: It's not even close yeah. between men and women. What do guys wear? They wear like those the, the Adidas style, like the athletic uh, boat ones. Shoes. Like bo- oh, yeah. boat boat shoes. shoes. Yeah, boat or shoes. Or like those syndic
2: things or something. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: like
2: boat yeah, shoes. Yeah. A
1: lot of sinux. All right. What about cargo shorts? Cargo shorts get dumped upon, but people still wear them like crazy. So, I feel like that might be yeah. a good chance for best chance of coming back For it to life. be like stylish to be in cargo yeah. shorts? Maybe. Do you um, not like any yeah. of these? I, so I, I, I got to the banned. rest of them. I don't know. Oh, got, I don't
2: know. Trucker hats. Those are coming back. I still Those... see
1: people wearing them all the time.
2: But they're coming more back as a as a style.
1: How different is a trucker hat than a snapback? I understand like what the difference no, is from the ma- more, I know what you mean. People are like, trying to
2: be more trendy. Like they want to have like Jenny on their hat, or they want to have like something mm. cool on there, like those type of trucker hats.
0: You Need a topping mm-hmm. tree trucker hat. That's, no, a, that's a We're good... working on a hat right now. <laughs> <laughs> is it a trucker hat? It's
2: kind of like one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We really are.
0: <laughs> and the last one was the hemp or puka shell style necklace. Uh, This was something that I was a
1: big... I implore you to go on out to the music festivals and see where the hippies are hanging out.
2: Man, but I feel like chokers are making a comeback now. Yeah, chokers are huge. Do you, do you see huge. how they're getting yeah, huge yeah. now? So I could see like the hemp necklace with the jewel in the front coming back again.
1: Yeah,
0: um, <laughs> with the jewel. You know, oh my God. like <laughs> the
2: shower. they had like the giant glass yes. thing There's
0: here. Different pieces of,
1: like beach like, garbage. I could see
2: <laughs> <laughs> I could
1: driftwood <see> hanging <laughs> <laughs> from <laughs> a you know, rope around you. A needle and broken glass. Like, this, where did you get a,
2: that? Of the can.
1: Don't
0: it buy your necklace at Silver Beach. I was a necklace guy very briefly. I was rocking the thin leather black strap with one bead. It was a little luchador head. Okay. and Because uh, my girlfriend at the time bought me a luchador head and a little frog. But then the frog broke and then it seemed weird just wearing the luchador head so I stopped wearing it. I don't know. I could go back to wearing a necklace
1: though. Guys wearing a necklace. I think you could get
2: away with
1: it. Not a gold chain or anything no. like that. I think you should see. I think you should go gold chain. You should go large gold chain and just make that your thing. <laughs> you like dress like a dress like an English lit grad student still but wear like a 36 inch gold chain. You've
0: known me Long enough to know that there was a time in my life when I was young and Italian enough to unironically wear a gold oh, chain. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that was that. There's a fashion trend for <laughs> wearing the gold chain. Okay, Is,
1: yeah, I don't think
2: that one will.
1: I, I think that was just Italian kids from East Europe. yeah. The horn, the like horn on 1%. it. One
2: percent. I don't know.
1: All right, so uh, no, you don't like any of these
0: choices. You guys are not feeling any. I'm of not these.
2: feeling flip flop and cargo shorts. Flip flops and sure. cargo
0: shorts. All right. C- so can I keep trucker hat at least? So I feel like I got something on this list.
2: Um.
1: No. This is the point, where I'm really like, well, it's your show, Sam. Yeah, <laughs> take it away. All right, I'll try and come up with four. Then afterwards, we'll no, come we'll, come,
2: the... we'll think, we'll, we'll come up with it. We'll co- what do we'll you? Is, with...
1: is there anything you think of off the top of your head?
2: I'm trying to think. You know what? It's a girl thing, but scrunchies.
1: Are like coming. the you puffy puppy, like, I can like, get
2: behind scrunchies. Like it's funny when I'm looking for stuff for my store, I see scrunchies all over the place. Okay. So and I I know it's they're the big like Hillary Clinton, you know, when she always got that thing. Like that's which what sh- that's what's coming out right now. I don't know, you can't see my hands, but I'm using them right now as I'm talking. So <laughs> um but yeah, scrunchies I feel are making a comeback. I know what I'm saying.
0: I was old enough I was my sisters were old enough to be around like in the metal time of the eighties. My sister did the big Aquanet
1: hair. Like the teased out that giant that will never That was out. an
2: accident. Well, hair. I got
1: a question. This will be pertinent for you, Sam. I'm sure you have a, a hot take on it. What about Frosted Tips? Oh Will we... Frosted Tips be back? I think Frosted Tips are already back. Oh, do really? Mm-mm. I've seen Jared. I feel like
0: dude, you on a
2: different planet. Than I've, seen, <laughs> I, 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 I've seen. I haven't seen them anywhere. I saw
0: Jared Leto <laughs> rocking them not too recently. Uh, what? Jared Leto? Yeah, it's right. I saw Jared Leto with green hair. Yeah, he's he yeah, a little bit. Yeah, he's a little
2: bit.
0: I've seen a lot. You know what it is? I've seen a lot of soccer players doing it. A lot of European soccer players, which leads me to believe it'll be back sooner than later. If I if I see Lionel Messi rocking the uh, the, the frosted tips, that leads me to believe it'll be back around sooner than later. I'm not saying that I'm going to do that again. Are you ready? What, are you going to? No, no. To? I made that mistake You're once. not saying that you're not going to do it. I made that mistake once, and
1: uh,
0: I did it because a friend of mine got his hair done with the frosted tips and it looked really cool. Like, it was Chris Burling. You remember Chris Berling?
1: Yeah, yeah. No Shout out to
0: GFOP, Chris Burling, He's still around here. He was the first dude I knew who, like, his mom did the frosted tips for him, and we, everyone was really jealous, and we all, like, went out and frosted our tips afterwards. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He was ground zero for Frosted Tips and in, in the, in the in his, in his I remember like in, in the middle appeared. in
1: the middle of the Frosted Tips epidemic, like post Eminem, when we were really at a tipping point back in that dark time in our nation's history. A Frosted tipping point. I witnessed good friend of the show, uh, Pat Gerace in his parents' basement yes. die the top half of his head, like right at the crown line, just blonde with bleach in his parents' sink. So the top half of his head was like yes. bleachy yep. yellow and the rest yep. was just his natural like I white kid that. brown.
3: I think we
2: could add frosted tips and see what people think. Frosted tips? All right, frosted tips. I'm serious. curious. Okay, to know what frosted tips.
0: Would think about that. All right, very good. So, frosted tips, scrunchies, trucker hats, <laughs> and
1: hemp and puka shell necklaces. You want like bell bottoms? Are you wearing, no, wearing bell bottoms? I'm wearing
2: wide legs from like. Five years ago, they're okay. not really well bottoms When I was, they're flared. Let's put that I don't tell
0: anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you, when I was doing research for these, these are my radio pants. <laughs>
2: okay, wait, what I put on. No one's uh, supposed to see
0: me. These are definitely my radio pants. I have like harem pants on with the big giant pockets. Um, <laughs> also, when I did my research today on this topic, actually, they were saying that like. Why bottom pants are probably on the way back. Well, like, that's why I yeah. took mine
2: back out of the drawer, because I thought, I
0: have an Again. Again, Yeah, see, she's out in front of it. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> Again, <laughs> right, <okay. fine. laughs> uh, I'm always behind. I'll still be having, like, straight-leg jeans and whatever right. for a little bit, too many years, too late. All right, so I did have a couple things I did want to talk about before we talked about nothing but fashion. <laughs> <I don't laughs> all right, so uh, sad news today. Chuck Berry died. That was the big story all over the news today. Is um, it sad when a 91-year-old passes away? It's sad because he was putting out a new album. He had just oh, went into the studio okay. on October sixth and October 18th, and he'd apparently been really excited mm-hmm. to do new material, his first material in, like, 14 years. Uh, so now that album's going to have, like, the David Bowie thing and the that, that just happened, where, like, he right. comes out, and now he it's, like... won a
3: Grammy.
1: It's it interesting, interesting. Yeah. It's interesting how that Grammy. always happens. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of times you'll see that with musicians where they're mm-hmm. working on one last project, and maybe it's by nature of the fact you're always working on something, mm-hmm. or there's something that sort of pushes you, like you can feel your time coming to an end... And you're like, man, i got to get a couple more songs out or something like that. If I'm 90
0: and I'm still in the studio, I'm probably (laughs) thinking to myself, this might be the last one. I better... (laughs)
2: This is my last day.
0: I didn't really love Chuck Berry personally because it's a little bit before my time. Uh, Here's a couple quotes, though. Uh, Bob Dylan called him uh, the Shakespeare of rock and roll. So that's if Bob Dylan thinks so. And then John Lennon said, if they ever wanted to call it something besides rock and roll, they could call it Chuck Berry. So there you go. (laughs) Uh, i got to say, like... You know, ninety—that's pretty crazy. To still be in the studio. Like now that I'm thinking about ninety years old, like I don't expect to be able to do anything at ninety. I'll probably just be in a
1: chair somewhere just, if I'm still yeah, here. I don't
2: expect to be singing or doing anything.
0: No,
1: anymore. we might have like some wild advancements in our lifetime. No, where, like, no. Ninety might be like fifty by the time we're. Yeah, in,
2: it'll uh, be the new fifties. You so know what I mean? Maybe be... we'll
1: be like, maybe we'll be playing like racquetball at like the club, whatever the club is.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna say that I don't think that it's coming <laughs> fast enough for me to make it to ninety. <laughs> it's not coming tomorrow. Come uh, on, you got sixty years. I feel like I'm 90 years old now. I act like I'm 90, right? You wish you were 90. I do wish I do
2: wish. It's hard to feel sad about someone when they pass away at 90, though. Because you're like, oh, 90.
0: That's what, what is... I mean. Like,
1: it's, like, not, it's, it's hard it's...
2: for me to get an emotional connection to it because of the fact that he's 90 and all Yeah, like.
1: that's mm. the thing. Like, it's not It's not that it's not sad. Like, especially when it happens like, a family member. And it's always like, oh, that's too bad. You know, life well lived, whatever. But it's not like, oh, my God, yeah. my heart is broken.
2: But thank you, Chuck. <laughs> uh,
1: yes.
0: Uh, Chuck Berry. Also, if you're a weirdo and you want to know about all the weird stories about Chuck Berry which are out there, just go on the internet because uh, they're only talking about the nice stories about Chuck Berry right now, which is what happens when somebody dies. But yeah. you know, there's some crazy stories in the different internet. Different times Different Chuck <laughs> Berry was out different there. Different times <laughs> than Chuck Berry <laughs> was out there. Uh, so, uh, Sesame Street. Let's talk about Sesame Street for a minute. Did you guys watch Sesame Street going up?
2: Yes. It was big for me. Yes.
0: Yeah, my mom made me
1: watch it every single it day. Was,
2: I think the only show besides Rapper Room. I put, yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't remember actually watching it, but I remember being very culturally aware of it when I was a young kid, so I mm-hmm. must have, yeah. you know, soaked it up from somewhere. Yeah. Definitely. I've tended to argue over
0: the years that I think Sesame Street is the, the best full-stop period show for children Absolutely. that exists. Um, yeah, I don't think that's... Yeah. Absolutely. And a lot of it is because they're very real with kids, mm-hmm. and over the years they've done a lot of stuff that's not... Not push the boundaries, mind you, but they've done a lot of, like, brave stuff on television. Like, when when, a, when Mr. Hooper died. Remember that? You know about that? I know about it. Yeah, Mr. Hooper died on the show, and instead of just casting somebody else, they made it part of the show to help kids learn about, like, the death. Yep. And it was, you know. So they're doing uh, not the same kind of thing, but they're introducing a new character this week uh, on the show. Her name is Julia, and she is an autistic character. Uh, oh, that's good. Yeah, autistic character. That's good. Absolutely. Um, now, again, I don't have any kids of my own. <laughs> Heather, you have a you have a child, but you know I don't. No, know but what your I feel like are. even
2: him growing up watching that will help him understand the situation mm. more. Well, if he sees something autistic, he can understand it now and not be so un- unaware of it when he's around. Well, no, yeah, I think like then
1: that. that's that's exactly what it is. Kids get exposed to it, and I mean, I think it's been you know pretty proven that exposure is the way to. Mm familiarize anybody, you know, mm. whether kids or adults or something. So when you see it, you know, chances are you might run up across an autistic kid in one of your classes mm. at some point throughout, you know, your childhood or whatever. So it's awesome that they're teaching about that mm. and preparing people for, you know, the interesting challenges mm. that come with making friends with, you know, autistic children.
2: I'm curious to see how it's going to act. Not to be like feel like, mm. but there's different forms of autism, and it's interesting yeah. to see how are they right. going to make a puppet. Well, I'm going to autistic.
0: Well, actually, the puppeteer is uh, so. is a female whose child has. Okay. autism so she was very yeah. she's okay. actually very like pleased and honored to be doing it uh i want to talk very quickly about autism um because i'm in grad school right now for for education and a lot of the stuff we talk about is dealing with special needs in the classroom because if you guys remember i don't know where you guys went you went to high school at notre dame i went to proctor Sherman. okay so when if you had kids who had special ed in in those days do you where was like a special ed room
2: it was somewhere far i don't know It like yeah. Yeah, yeah, like right? a the lot of
0: times in historically back in those days like the special ed was in a different room far off kept from everybody else because mm-hmm. they felt like that was the best way to do things it, modern teaching tends to feel like you're gonna have to be inclusive in terms of dealing with different levels of cognition in the classroom right one of the things they talk about is high and low incidence disorders right low incidence disorders are things you don't see very often in the classroom someone who's blind or deaf like those happen but not to the same rate of having a learning disability Mm -hmm. for years autism was considered to be a low incidence um a low incidence uh learning disability but now over the last 10 years or so because of the greater understanding about the spectrum of autism and what it actually means to fall in that spectrum it's becoming a high frequency thing and a thing you're seeing much more often so i think this is great that like sesame street again being a bit more progressive than other kids' shows, like getting out ahead of it and being like, "Let's talk honestly about this thing that you are going to see going yeah, forward."
2: I think it's awesome. It's it good.
0: Thank God
1: we're going to cut PBS funding. But that's I just going to say,
2: i like, do I want to get into that? Do we really want to go to that next level? It's always so like this. I was almost going to say that. I'm like, I can't. I'm just. I'm trying to be quiet.
0: Oh. I, I'll, can I say oh, this? It's tough. Times. Did you I know, know? I know. You know that Sesame Street's not on PBS anymore.
2: I thought did, it's
0: it's okay. So Sesame Street is on HBO.
2: That's what I heard. Right, but,
0: but they then run the shows
1: on PBS after they run them. Because um,
2: not every kid, not everybody can afford yeah, it. Right. most HBO. of the kids don't have HBO. So I, I didn't
1: have HBO yeah, growing yeah,
2: up. Yeah,
1: for all intents so. and <laughs> purpose, it's still on PBS because <laughs> so, they don't get first crack. At and if it. we're talking
0: yeah. about, and look, I I would I love bashing on all the the cuts and all the terrible things that Republicans are doing in the in the government, but. I don't think that they're going to get rid of PBS. I, I don't think I don't think a lot of this stuff's
2: going to happen. I don't think
0: it's going to happen. I think it's just conversation. I hope so. No. Um, all right, and let's get into something a little bit more happy, oh, if you will, before we get into the break. That's right, today, the World Happiness Report came out ranking the happiest countries in all of the world. You guys want to guess who came in number one? Not,
1: a, not America. Not a, no, <laughs> not America.
2: Netherlands. <laughs> not America.
1: Norway.
2: Right. That's close. Okay. Iceland. It's gotta be Sweden. Uh, no,
1: Norway. You're right. It was Norway. Okay. I'm sorry.
2: They just always seem to be
1: top five was a yeah, m- fine time out there. <laughs>
0: top five was Norway, Denmark, Iceland, Switzerland, and Finland were the top five. Okay. Seems about right.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh where do you think the US came in?
2: Like out of out of what?
1: Out of all the countries. <laughs> like
2: <laughs> maybe in the middle.
1: Higher middle, high high side of middle. Well, we came in at
0: 14, so that seems pretty good all things considered, but we're down. From last year. We are uh, 12 last
2: year. Oh, absolutely. I'm
1: down from last year. I'm <laughs> <down>. nobody, <laughs> i don't Nobody think. asked me. Nobody consulted me about the World Happiness Council. I must have missed that phone call. I didn't get that. Well, we don't have landlines. didn't uh, get the uh, survey
2: for that. How happy uh, we is.
0: beat the UK, though. The UK came in at 19, although they're kind of... they're it rains in all the time. The thing that UK likes the best is to not be happy. They like to kind of be miserable. So that's good for them. They're into that number. 19.
2: Wait, 19? Is that okay? Yeah,
0: the UK. So we beat them by five spots. So uh next year... Maybe we think oh, lower. I,
2: we'll higher? be lower next year. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> It'd be so low. Next
0: lower year. for the next four years, higher for the next yes. four years after that. All right, let's take a quick break and get into this week's interview. Um, I had the pleasure of sitting down uh, with Jack Flans earlier this week, and uh, he almost he almost broke the record in terms of in terms of interview length. We had a great conversation, and we talked before the interview, and during the interview, and after the interview, and we filmed some live cooking stuff in the kitchen that was really fun although the video didn't uh, come out audio-wise as well as I'd hoped so we had to condense a lot of it sadly but uh, that'll go up on the internet after this Uh, but it was a great conversation uh, with Jack and uh, talking about him and his daughter and their Jack and Moe cooking show uh, on YouTube uh, jackandmocookingshow.wordpress.com let's get into the interview we'll be back to the show in just a minute canceled the parade last week. I forgot it was St. Patrick's Day today, so happy St. Patrick's Day to you. (laughs) I'm not Irish, but you know... I'm not either. Well, there you go. Two non-Irishmen wishing each Uh, other happy St. Patrick's Day. But
3: what I did do today was I uh, shared out on all my social media my recipe for Irish meatloaf and mashed potatoes. Irish meatloaf? Yeah, so it's a combination corned beef. So it's a combination of beef, corned beef, and everything else that makes a meatloaf. Mm. And then I have a very... Eclectic and different mashed potato recipe. Do you think about food all the
1: time?
0: Yeah. Just constantly? Is yeah. I, I, yeah. My sister went to culinary school. I grew up, yeah. I worked in many restaurants growing up. I have a soft spot in my heart for not only uh, food, but also yeah. like the culinary practice. Like yeah. I've I've watched a ton of cooking shows, I've read Bourdain's books. I, Bourdain was a big influence for me growing up. Yep. So I can appreciate that thought, but you must really like. Eat. I get
3: four magazines. Yeah. I, I don't have all the cable channels I get 12 cable channels mm-hmm. but online I I, you know I, I get the uh, updates from all the major cooking yeah. shows mm-hmm. and I'm especially enamored with the Rachel Ray show yeah she's great and she had us on
0: yes in 2014 I know I couldn't believe that when I was doing your research yeah. you know. we're going to get to that in a little bit yeah. that's crazy to me yeah. that's were you intimidated? Meeting her?
3: Not at all, because yeah. I had heard and I know people who have worked with her before that she's just a down the earth Central New York girl. Mm-hmm.
0: You well, know, her husband played in like a band around yeah. here. Growing when I was growing up playing in yeah. bands, I remember hearing that her husband was like a guy in bands around here, and, and he's
3: was, in a band
0: out there now in yeah. New York City. Mm.
3: Um, I can't think of the name of it, but uh, it's got a kind of a an alternate alternative following.
0: Yeah, I'd have to look it up. I, I know we were talking. I think they. I, I want to say, and I'm. I'm. Kevin's gonna yell at me about this night, because I want to say that we played a sh- like a thing at MVCC once or at a yeah. college where they were like the headliner band, right. and we were very <coughs> early on in the in the yep. the rotation. I, I don't know if I made that up, but that's the one time I remember that name being thrown around. the Yeah, yeah. yeah. i well, have to go back and look at it. The
3: now. Rachel Ray thing is interesting because in 2010, I was just enamored and devouring everything she mm. does. Oh, yeah. And it occurred to me that basically she taught me how to cook. Oh, yeah. So I wrote an email to her show just saying, I'm a single, divorced, working class dad mm. who you really helped by giving me... Easy, step-by-step instructions yeah. on how to cook for my kid, and I really appreciate the ease at which, with your magazine, with your show, hmm. with, with everything you do, I was able to figure this out and learn this. Yeah. And thank you so much. Four years later, they call me. took four years. Four years later, they four called me and said, hey, we have your email here. I'm like, what email? <laughs> the thing is, when I worked for Sprint, and I got the call in November, every year I got calls from these major talk shows saying, "Hey, can we get three or four hundred devices to give out to an oh, audience?" Yeah. You know, and so I was used to getting calls from Ellen, from Rachel Ray, sure. from Oprah, and, and and my response was always, "Well, yeah, I can ship them to you." So I get her on the, I get the producer on the phone, and she's like, "Yeah, we'd like you to come to New York," and I, and I said. But I can ship you devices. I don't yeah. need to come to New Oh, no, no, no. We want you and your daughter to come. Oh, <laughs> all right.
0: And then well, I sh- showed them the YouTube channel. No. And, you well, know. I want to get into all this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, we have uh, Jack Flans here. Did I say that correctly? Yep. I'm trying to figure out where I know this last name from. Your last name is very familiar to me, Flans. I don't know why. It's it's kind of – it's not a – it's a sort of a singular last name. I don't know that many people, which is why it's sort of – it's sticking in my head all day and why I'm trying to figure out why I know this last name.
3: Well, so. there are some flanzas in the area that I'm not related
0: to. Okay. There's a lot of familaros I'm not related yeah. to as well. I, we got a lot of us floating around, so.
3: And I get that a lot. I get, do you know Carl? Do you know Fred? I'm like,
0: well, I yeah. think they're third cousins twice removed on my father's side. <laughs> well, Jack, it's a real pleasure to have you in here today. Um, and I want to say, and I have to ask you, it's, we are about two days removed from uh, Blizzard Stella. How bad was your Blizzard experience
3: not bad at all yeah. um, my full time job let us out at 11 o'clock in the morning yeah. um, I just beeline for home and stayed there for two days and shoveled out on Wednesday
0: so I work in middle school and I was trying to explain to these kids I'm like I really cannot remember even when in my youth, when we've gotten snow like this. I guess 97 was probably the last time that we had like a major snowstorm. That well, was...
3: I remember, I wasn't here for it, but in 1993. 93, maybe? Yeah. In maybe 1993, there was a major blizzard. I was on my way to Florida yeah. for spring break hmm. when that storm hit. And in Florida, I had to wear a jacket hmm. and a sweater and a hat because the East Coast was getting pummeled, Mm -hmm. and it was cold, and I couldn't go on the beach, and I couldn't do any of those great things you do in Florida during spring break.
0: Mm. Uh, So I want to get a little bit to know you, Jack, since I have you uh, here, and I'll start with the general question. You mentioned this to me earlier about, did you grow up in Gilmore Village?
3: I grew up in Gilmore Village until about fourth grade, Mm. and then my parents, in their infinite wisdom, moved us from Gilmore Village to Cornhill.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay,
3: and so yeah. I grew up in Cornhill from fourth grade through high school.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you go to Proctor?
3: No, I went to UFA. UFA. Oh, I was in UFA. the last class oh, of UFA wow. in 1987.
0: That's amazing. Now I asked a lot of times. I ask people about the stereotypes of the areas where they grew up in. Uh Cornhill has a very particular stereotype, as does Gilmore Village. Do you feel like it was justified, or do you feel like it was miscast?
3: Well, I'll tell you, when I was at Hughes, Mm. I was considered a project kid,
0: a Gilmore kid,
3: and I was put in the back of the room, Mm -hmm. and I was given the ripped books, yeah, and I didn't get my questions answered, and I didn't get any one-on-one time with the teachers. And then when we moved to Cornhill, all the kids in school... All they knew about me was that I came from the rich side of town. So I had to either fight or run every day for about a year. But I was in the front of the class, Mm -hmm. and the teachers treated us all the same. Did you have family at the time, or are you a solo kid? I have three siblings, but they were all out of the house by the time I was 10. So you were
0: the the youngest? Yeah. Uh, I'm the youngest, too. So, yeah. You got a big difference in age between you and
3: Yeah. the, The oldest is 15 years older than I am. Oh,
0: okay. Are you still in contact with your...
3: Oh, yeah, phone? yeah. Uh, Facebook, um, mm-hmm. phone, yeah, absolutely. So you went to UFA. Uh, did you go to college afterwards? Yes, I did. I went to MVCC for oh, nice. two years. Oh, was then, MV guy. Yeah. yeah <laughs> went, um, I'm trying to think now, like 25 years ago. Um, and then I went to SUNY Tech. Ah, SUNY Tech, yeah, it's uh, now it's Poly. SUNY Poly
0: now, and then it yep. was SUNY Utica for a while. Yep. Now, when you were um, when you were at MV, did you have a major at the time that you were interested in?
3: Yeah, I was a media marketing and management major. Media
0: marketing—that's popular now. You would yep. have—it's its a job everyone wants these days. What did you want to
3: do with that back then? I wanted to get into. Uh, mainstream marketing and advertising Hmm. for large companies and corporations and I did end up doing marketing work but I ended up basically staying local and getting into public relations and communications instead which is kind of the cousin I guess uh, of marketing work.
0: Now uh, I don't like to date my guests on the show so I'm not going to take a guess at when you graduated college uh, but so you didn't really get into the Jack and Moe side of the things until about 2012-ish, you said? in 2000.
3: Yeah, we started to learn how to cook in 2005, but we really didn't uh, start posting mm. recipes and
0: videos until about 2012. 2012. Yeah. So... Up until about 2005 then, you're, you're working for Sprint, you're doing the Nextel thing, Like you're just working jobs. Yeah,
3: basically. I'm just working jobs. Yeah. Um, I was uh, married in 2000, so I was doing the family thing, trying to balance family life with career and mm-hmm. job. You know, I was in my 30s, just kind of hustling yeah. to kind of get by day by day.
0: I, uh, I worked for a large-scale insurance company not too long ago, and I got about six months into it, and I knew immediately that like, this was not for me. Um, did you ever have feelings while you were working for these companies? Like thinking, like, I don't know if this is something that I love or I like doing? Or did it not matter at that point in time?
3: No, it really did matter to me. I was working in nonprofit for about four or five years. That's and right. it, That yeah. gave me a sense of fulfillment to know that mm-hmm. I was helping people with in, in earning a living. Of course, mm-hmm. Fortunately, it wasn't enough of a living. Um, so I went to the corporate side. But even with Nextel, when I went there cell phones were on the cutting edge. Cell phones were just about Mm -hmm. to explode. And so it was exciting to see the product development as it was happening. And Nextel was a different kind of company because they gave me a budget to work with in the community. And they gave me kind of carte blanche to work with our employees to to organize them into volunteering in the community and spreading the word about our products and services kind of um, on a grassroots organic level. So even though i wasn 't a nonprofit, I was still helping Boys and Girls Club. I was helping Habitat for Humanity. Mm-hmm. The difference was I was on the other side of the coin with a hundred thousand dollar budget to spread out and a hundred man hours a month to spread out as a volunteer
0: now uh, so two thousand you get married yep. uh, at this point in time you're you're still working communications managing yep. um, when did at this point in time, you didn't cook at all. You were not doing not it, really, it. Not really. No. The only
3: anymore. thing I knew how to make were reservations.
0: <laughs> now uh, I want to talk about 2005. We talked a little bit about this. Yep. Uh, I was a child of divorce. I grew up divorced parents. I was about eight. When my parents got divorced. Uh, you got divorced in 2005. This is obviously a big
3: actually. I got separated to- in 2005,
0: 2005 and then divorced in 2007. Okay. Uh, yep. but this is obviously a big jumping off point yep. for for you though, um, and I don't like. And again, I don't want to press you too hard on this. I don't know what kind of. Not you at know, all. Uh, you still have an amiable relationship with your ex-wife. It's, as, as
3: long as I don't disagree with her.
0: <laughs> that's the last of I've ever met in my life. Uh, what kind of changes do you feel like that made in terms of your relationship with your daughter, who's who's an important part of the Jack and Mo Cooking Show?
3: I honestly feel like I would not have as close a relationship as I have with her today if I'd stayed married. Mm-hmm. I feel like we have a lot of time to communicate one-on-one. And we have a lot of time to do a lot of great, wonderful things. Like we hike together, we kayak, we rock climb, we cycle, we garden, we cook. And I do not feel like I would be able to develop that kind of a relationship with her if I wasn't a single dad.
0: Right. That's interesting. Now, I when I was uh, so I, I've, I've talked about this in the, in the show many times. So I'll try and give the expedited version. Um, you know. I did the traditional divorce kid thing, right? Every other weekend you go up to your dad's house and sometimes you go on like a vacation or sometimes you go on a trip. Um, And, you know, that affects a lot of kids in different ways. We talked a little bit before the interview that you were very adamant that you did not want to do this. This is something that you were not at all interested in.
3: Yeah. From the get-go, it was kind of assumed that I was going to be that traditional divorced dad and I wasn't going to have it. So I worked with an attorney for two years to the tune of between fifteen dollars and $20,000 to be able to have my daughter about half time. Mm. So I wanted to be, as I mentioned before, I wanted to be a part of the parenting process. Mm. I wanted to be a part of, you got to eat dinner, you got to do your homework, you got to get ready for bed, you got to get up in the morning, you got to get ready for school. Um, and I also wanted to be a part of, you know, report cards. You know, I, had, I, I arranged for the school to get my own copy of all the report cards oh, yeah. and emails of
0: anything that's going on in school. That's common now. I work, in, I work in the school system. That's very common now to have to send multiple report, uh, report cards to multiple parents. Now that's yeah. happening much more often.
3: I didn't want there to be any part of her life that I wasn't a part of. So we were raising her to be Catholic. I wasn't Catholic. Mm. she was coming home with questions, so I studied for about a year and decided to convert to Catholicism mm. so that so, if she came to me with questions, I could help her, but I could give her both sides of the coin. Mm. I could give her I could tell her what the Catholic Church thinks sure. and I could tell her what I think as, as a, having been a non-Catholic yeah. and then when she's 18 she can make her own choices because there's a lot of things about the Catholic Church I'm not jiving with.
0: You know, I have this I have this problem sometimes in the classroom today because kids, particularly today's generation, millennials, whatever you want to call it, uh, they are so much more aware of everything that's happening in the world than I was at their age. so when so when a kid in the middle school section says to me, "Do you like Donald Trump? I have to go, I can't really discuss that with you. All I can say is, It's important that you pay attention to politics because soon, in the next four or five years, you'll be voting in the next election that comes up, and your voice can then be heard. Now, you have to, like, do this sort of—
3: I can neither confirm nor deny. Yeah, I can
0: say nothing, but I'm—but the way I'm saying it sort of leads you to understand what I'm trying to say. I can't really tell you what I want to say, which is—and you know, it's a weird interaction to have with people, but— now, at this point in time, you are, is the grassroots, the 2007, is this around the time when you guys are starting the grassroots of the Jack and Mo cooking project, or is it still just a thought in your head? At this
3: you know, time? it's uh, it, it's about the time where I was really falling in love with the idea of cooking mm-hmm. and where Morgan and I were bonding together over cooking and over food and having a great time doing it. Yeah. So the thoughts of the business weren't there just yet. But the thoughts of this is a way for me to relate to my child, and this is a way for me to have something of common interest with her mm-hmm. and build our relationship on. And we, we have a wonderful, wonderful relationship today because we started with something we had a common interest in. You know, I like to cook and she liked to eat.
0: <laughs> now, that's a, that's a great combination. I don't to... Now, I want to say um, one of the things that I find uh, interesting about it. You talk a lot in your uh, biography about the life skills aspect of this about learning life skills. And again, working in the school system, it's crazy to me to see how quickly like the ability to have like generalized life skills falls apart. Like there's always a conversation between teachers, like we should just have a class called Life Skills, where you learn how to like balance a checkbook and like, you know, send letters to the bill company or like it's yep. general things that kids like do your taxes, things that people have no concept how to do. Cooking is a very fundamental aspect of that and it's something that shockingly, like a shockingly large amount of people don't know how to do and I don't know if you've noticed it more and more as you've been getting into like teaching the classes and doing those kind of things
3: Oh yeah, Um, from the outset my goal has been to raise Morgan in such a way that she's completely independent and doesn't need anyone for anything, Mm -hmm. especially a man Oh well, And And so, you know, I want her to be able to call me for advice or, you know, to ask me questions if she wants to, but I don't want her to need to. Hmm. So we started with cooking and from cooking, we've gotten in the housework and we've gotten into this independent idea of thinking. So when she helps me with the business, when she's helping me with the class for this last class that we did, um... She got paid $25, nice. and that $25 went into an account that mm. she asked me to set up for her so she can save for a new computer. Nice. And then see, I made sure that
0: she <laughs> wrote that down in a check registry. So That makes me happy. That's good. That's good, That's good because That's i got to tell you, uh, I don't think that exists in a lot of other yep. places right now. I really just don't. I don't see... It's a strange... I'm a single man. I don't have any kids, certainly, that I'm aware of. I played in a band for a long time. There might be some people <laughs> out in Minnesota. But... Um, I what it's a strange there's strange connections in the world now I think that I say it all the time in the show social media the way that the world interacts now is so different you don't talk face to face with people anymore um, and I think just in general like knowing the ability to do these things having that cognitive ability to be able to learn for yourself and teach for yourself and that's actually something that's fascinating to me that you never really went to like culinary school no nope. you, you know you really just like went out there and learned it on your own I don't know how familiar you, you are with Malcolm Gladwell uh, Malcolm Gladwell, uh, he's he's a podcaster, he's a scientist, he does all, all sorts of things, but he talks about this idea of 10,000 hours, and if you do something for 10,000 hours, it doesn't matter if you've ever been trained or not, if you spend this much time, you'll become a master of it, and I always thought about this as a musician. You know, I never got trained to be a musician, uh, but I just played so many live shows and played so much music that after a while, I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm a musician now, I know enough about yeah. it, and I, I wonder how, is that something, you, did you hit a point where you're like, I just kind of know this now, I feel like I'm... I've gotten to a point with enough trial and error, and I'm just here now, you know?
3: Yeah, there are some very basic things to cooking that after you've done it a bunch of times, it's just kind of a muscle memory. Mm. So, you know, things like um, sauces. Sauces consist of two or three different kinds of elements. Mm. Um, You know, barbecuing things. You know, there are certain rules to barbecuing. Mm. Um, Soups, you know, there are certain... um, Elements and flavors of soups that you come to learn are have a different effect on your palate. Yeah. And so it's just, as you said, it's repetitive nature. It's a muscle memory thing.
0: Now, um, so 2012, I believe, is what I'm looking at, is when you started the actual YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, that's I, we interesting. Have, it's a strange thing. I was going to ask you. We, yeah. we have a YouTube channel as a made-a-utica one, not a, a Udicast one. Um, and I've heard a lot of people who do YouTube as a thing, and you there's a lot of struggles and, and deals with it in terms of... Have you hit, What was your biggest thing with YouTube? Did you enjoy using it? Do you feel like it helped you guys out a lot, or do you feel like it was a struggle? Cause no,
3: I really feel like it kind of got us started because yeah. Morgan came home from school one day and said, you know, Dad, my friends don't eat the way we do. They're going through the drive-thru every night of the week mm-hmm. after basketball, after football, after baseball, after soccer, after dance. And, you know, their idea of dinner was in a brown paper bag. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it got to a point where some of her friends weren't in school a lot because of the health problems that came from eating a lot of fast food. And she said, I don't like eating lunch alone. I miss my friends. Uh, We need to do something to help them. So we decided to uh, start making videos. We had been posting pictures on Facebook, and I've been getting inundated with recipe requests. So we took it a step further and started making the the YouTube. But I kind of had to teach myself. Oh, yeah. YouTube, and I had to teach myself how to use the video function
0: on my phone. Well, that's the joy of having a a child. They can show you all this thing. They're better at it than than we are as adults. Now, what's interesting about you bringing up the YouTube thing is, you know, again, we talked about I don't have cable either. I have about whatever basic cable channels I can get, and I have Netflix, and I play a lot of PlayStation, but um, a lot of kids, a lot of the students I go to do not watch TV. They watch YouTube. They yep. watch Netflix. They watch this yep. sort of next level. And they have that YouTube connection is actually a great model for what you guys are doing because everyone goes to YouTube somewhere along the lines. Yeah. You know.
3: And and it's, it was interesting because once we got the YouTube channel up and running, we had a few videos on there. Morgan was telling her friends, and you know, her friends would say, Well, what'd you do this weekend, Morgan? Well, my dad and I made a cooking show. Yeah. You know, we yeah. did a cooking that you did what? And so I watched a steady increase in the number of subscribers, yeah. and Morgan's like, "Yeah, that's my friend Alice. Yeah, that's my friend May. Yeah, that's my friend Cecile." Um,
0: let's see. That's that's great too because once you start to get, that's one of the biggest problems I've always had is with this show, particularly like we have a very naturalized audience that I think is built up over time. Uh, we don't have like that video aspect of it normally. Today we're going to do some video aspect later on. The bonus content that these folks will catch on the Main Utica page. Uh, but generally, like I think that that's one of the things about the show too. No one knows what I look like. That <laughs> keeps me nice and anonymous when I'm out in public in case I got to deal with anybody.
3: Yeah, I like to say I have the perfect face for radio. Oh yeah, me too. I, I'm with
0: you. But all right, so 2014, we talked about this. You, uh Rachel Ray, we talked a little bit about it at the beginning. This is obviously a big impact for you guys. Can. I don't know what this was like. Was there, like, a big jump from the time you were on that show, from the, like, from b- before that moment to the moment afterwards? Did you feel like your exposure took a big jump after that?
3: It really did. Um, you know, once we got notified by the Rachel Ray Show that they wanted to come, they want they wanted us to come mm-hmm. and uh, be featured on the show, you know, I just kind of casually went on Facebook and said, hey, guess what, everybody? We got invited by the Rachel Ray Show. And probably within about 10 minutes, I had 50 comments Mm -hmm. of people saying, oh, my God, this is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And our notoriety kind of went up from there. Mm -hmm. um, So much so that about a month later, Morgan and I were shopping for a Christmas tree at North Star Orchards. And the woman behind the counter was probably in her 50s or 60s. And after she rang us up, she looked up and saw Morgan and said, oh, my God, I saw you on the Rachel Ray show a month ago. (laughs) And that that's, happened a dozen times.
0: That's got to be surreal, though.
3: Yeah, <laughs> it really was. And then when we were there, we met Regis Philbin. Mm. You know, oh, Regis. Yeah, Regis was oh, there. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we met um, Gail King. Okay. which is uh, yeah. Oprah's best friend. Yeah, yeah. And oh. it happened to be that Oprah, this was a surprise show for Rachel. Rachel had no idea what was going on. So Gail was there. She's hosting the show um, on behalf of Rachel. And Gail brought with her everything from Oprah's magazine from her favorite list that month for oh, the wow. entire audience. So we walked away with two GoPros, oh, two necklaces, That's two amazing. sweaters, two books, two popcorn poppers.
0: It was crazy. I'm gonna let you know right now, we do not have any <laughs> to to this, you of those
3: things. But give me some water. water. Yeah, a little
0: water, coffee. Um, so, uh, going forward, I looked at a little bit of your plans going forward. You guys, uh, 2016, you started involving into the local cooking school and doing the individual and group classes, demonstrations. What's that process been like for you so far?
3: You know, we started out. It was very humbling. We, yeah. you know, I, I had a decent following on social media. A lot of friends were very enthusiastic about what we were doing. We did our first class in July, and I learned a lot because uh, timing is everything. Oh yeah. And I happened to schedule a cooking class on a beautiful Saturday in July, and not one person showed up. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, my father used to say, and I kind of adapted this, when life gives you lemons, make lemon chicken. Oh, yeah. So (laughs) what we did was we had a gentleman there with a video camera, Mm. and we had $100 worth of ingredients. So we decided to conduct the class as though there were students in the room Mm. and have this gentleman do two hours of raw video of us cooking. Yeah. And so we walked away with four cooking segments that are being edited as we speak. Oh, yeah and uh i learned about the economics of the class Mm -hmm. i learned how much it costs per student in ingredients i learned about the timing of the class i learned about the flow of the class i learned about how to organize students within the kitchen that Mm -hmm. we use so i walked away with a whole game plan for the next time
0: that level of detail is what makes it work too because a lot of people probably don't put that much thought into it or break it down on that sort of a level again talking about life skills right these are things that people don't do anymore.
3: Yeah, exactly. And I walked away. and I also before the class I sat down and I made a to-do sheet, mm-hmm. a to-do list of what I needed to do to prep for the class. Mm-hmm. I put together a supplies list, yeah. what equipment do I need to bring with me. I put together a uh, an ingredients list of all the three dishes. And so but the next time we did the class, I had all that stuff done. And it was just mm-hmm. cookie cutter at that point.
0: So, I'm going to uh, I'm going to go off your media advisory yep. that we talked about earlier today. Um, So, Saturday, March 25th, from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. at St. Margaret's House on 47 Jordan Road in New Hartford. Uh, You guys will be participating in a cooking class to benefit Grace Church's uh, food pantry and help local families in need. You want to talk a little bit about that for a moment?
3: Absolutely. The first class that we did in January sold out, 13 students. So, you know, I was enthusiastic about doing another class. Now, when I was growing up in Utica in the 70s and 80s, we struggled financially. I grew up in projects. I grew up in Corn Hill. There were a lot of nights where I went to bed hungry Mm -hmm. and a lot of mornings where I went to school hungry. And there were a lot of days when my father skipped meals so that we kids could eat. And I vowed that that was never going to happen to me or my family in my lifetime. So we've dedicated our classes to helping the food pantry at um, Grace Church Mm -hmm. build up a base of food for people in need. That's so we're going to do this class on March 25th. And what we're going to talk about is easy Easter desserts mm-hmm. and what to do with the Easter leftovers. Cause when I cook Easter dinner, I'm cooking for 10 to 15 people sure. and I've got seven or eight dishes going. Everything's got to go in at a different time. Everything's got to come out at a different time. And there's a lot of work and detail involved And my kitchen. Looks like world war three. So whatever I can do to prep ahead of time, I take full oh, advantage okay. of it. So these easy, easy Easter desserts are going to be things that you can make two three days ahead of time and refrigerate and just pull out after the ham is done. Wonderful. And one of the desserts is an easy fruit turnover, and that's what we're going to make in a little while.
0: Excellent. So for you listeners out there, that's going to be bonus content on the uh, on the Made in Utica or Uticast Facebook or both, because that's again, I'm not as good with the internet as these as my bosses. why he's <laughs> <laughs> the boss. Um, so. Uh, again, real quickly, I just want to hit one more time. Saturday, March 25th at, St. Mar- at the, the St. Margaret's House in New Hartford. Is there Where can people go if they want to get tickets or if they want to sign up for this before it sells out?
3: Yep. Now, you can register on my website, um, jackandmocookingshow.wordpress.com. Mm-hmm. And right on the front page, it'll say New Class. And right at the bottom of the paragraph, there's a little click here button, mm-hmm. and you can sign right up on Eventbrite. And the whole purpose of the class and the whole purpose of our business is to bring people together again over food, to get families cooking together and sitting around the kitchen table just as we're doing right now and talking and communicating and discussing because I learn more about what's going on in
0: my daughter's life while we're cooking, while we're eating than I do anywhere else. Well, that's, and I'm glad you said that because I, I used to say this when I was working at the restaurants, I used to work at a restaurant in Times Square for many years and, uh, People would say some pretty outrageous things to you while you're a waiter. And one of the things we always talked about here is, and this is just a theory, when you are surrounded by your family or your friends and you're eating food and there's that comfort level, you'll say some things that probably wouldn't have been brought up otherwise. There's something about that level of yeah. comfort and conversation that leads people to be very free and very conversational. And that was something that growing up, my mom was very adamant, you know, mm-hmm. she's a school teacher she got home from work and we're sitting down and we're eating dinner and we would I want to watch yeah. Seinfeld I want to watch Madge I want to watch Cheers or whatever and they're like no, 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 no no. we're going to eat then you can watch TV afterward. and I, we hated it as kids but as I get older i will to talk a little bit I've been somewhat of a conversationalist over these years I've had like 91 episodes worth of conversational at least uh, but yeah I think it's, it makes a big difference for people and again little things little things that add up and make a big thing later on Sitting around, having dinner, human interaction, contact, discussion. Those things make a big, big difference.
3: Yeah, and not only am I teaching Morgan how to cook, but I'm also teaching her how to communicate. Mm -hmm. So when she has a family someday, it's going to be important to her to sit down and talk to her spouse and her kids and understand what's going on in their lives Mm -hmm. and how to help them with whatever challenges they're coming across, just as I'm doing with Morgan now.
0: Uh, we're gonna go to lightning round real quickly. It was uh, Jack and Mo Cooking Show dot WordPress Yes, I'm also
3: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and YouTube. Wonderful.
0: Wonderful. Uh, and again, I'll link everything for all our listeners. Uh, but now, uh, Jack, it is time for our lightning round questions. These are the same six to seven questions that we ask everybody who's been on the show for the last. Uh, 20 to 30, 40 episodes, I don't remember how many long. And I'll even give you the bonus one since we're having such a nice conversation uh-huh. here uh, and because it's kind of topical. Uh, if you could cook dinner, I guess eat dinner is the question. If you could eat dinner with any person, uh, living or dead, who is not your family, who would you choose? This one's tough. Like, this one's tough. This one stumps
3: a yeah, lot. I need off. to uh, ponder this for a moment. <laughs> um, Julia Child. Julia Child, all right. Julia Child. Yeah.
0: Interesting. There's been a movie about her.
3: I love, yeah. yeah, I love feedback. Yeah, I love it when people and I tell people if I feed you, you tell me this is good or this sucks. Yeah. Because if you, if you don't tell me if you're not honest with me, I'm gonna feed it to you again.
0: Oh yeah. yeah <laughs> and if you sure. don't yeah. like it, you're gonna have to eat yeah. it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah she's that's, that's a good one. She's interesting. Uh, she's because my sister was culinary school and I've been fascinated. That's like a name that pops up a lot yep. all the time. So when you start to do a little bit of research and you just see how fascinating of a person that is, that's a good choice. I like that one. That's good. I'm going to add that to my Thank answer. you. Uh, all right. So let's get into the actual lightning round portion yep. questions. Uh, Jack Plans, what was your first automobile? A 1980 AMC Spirit. AMC Spirit. That wow. was seven years
3: old. It was banana yellow, two-toned. It cost me about $800. I worked in a restaurant. on Bleecker Street from midnight until 6 in the morning for about a year to pay it off because the owner loaned me the money for it. It had no power windows, no power steering, no power anything. The only
0: power in that car was my arms. And driving from South Utica to East Utica, my arms were tired. Well, you may or may not have taken this automobile to see this, uh, but what was your first live music event or live concert? Eddie Money. Eddie Money,
3: really? Eddie Money. You saw Eddie Money live? Eddie Money live oh, at the Stanley Theater, and it was
0: while I was at MVCC. I have, um, all right. So I'm going to go off script for a second here. Uh, living in New York, I had a friend of mine, a guy who used to do a sports podcast where I talk about him all the time. His name is Dano. We used to do a show called Famo and the Wookie, and we over the years talked a lot about what we were referred to as blue eyed blue eyed soul music, right? Yep. Bruce Hornsby, uh, Eddie yep. Money, we're big Hall and Oates guys. Um, yep. Eddie Money was something that Dano used to play all the time around the house. And I remember sort of like laughing, Eddie Money, what what is this, like 1982, you know what I mean? And I must have got the song "Shake" stuck in my head for yep. six and a half months. And I, and to this day, I still have a soft spot in my heart yep. for Eddie Money. That makes me happy that you said that. Yeah, and
3: he's from New York State. Yeah, and he's a former cop, which mm-hmm. is what I find inc- incredibly interesting. Yeah. His real name is Eddie Mahoney. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right. for Yeah, a cop. A good and, cop and and this this you know I remember driving the Spirit to, I, and I picked up the girl I was dating at the time, and I remember hoping and praying and wishing that the car doesn't break down on the way to the Stanley. <laughs> Um, and I remember her saying, well, let's play some Eddie Money. Well, I only had an AM radio yeah. <laughs> and I had one of those, uh, black cassette players, yeah, single yeah. cassette players with the handle, <laughs> yes. you know, with a tape, yes. with a cassette we put in
0: there and we Velcroed to the dash. Oh man, it's, uh, it's a different time. That, that makes me laugh. That makes my heart feel good. Uh, similarly, uh, give me one book, album, movie, or television show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching book? You want one of each? One, no, one of any of them. Book, album, or movie or television show. Because um, a lot of people don't read books and then the people who read books don't watch TV. So I had to broaden this whole thing out to be a lot of stuff.
3: Well, the Rachel Ray show is a given. Sure. So, um... I just recently started and I'm about... I, I picked this up about halfway through the season. I just recently started watching
0: This Is Us. You know, you're not the first person to talk about This Is Us. I want to say that um, somebody on this show, a few episodes, said that I should start watching This Is Us, says it's really good. Yeah, yeah.
3: it really is good. It's not fluff. Sure. It's not unreal. It's very realistic mm-hmm. to what families and people are going through. Mm-hmm. I lost my dad in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, he was 79 years old. And we had kind of a tumultuous sure. relationship. And, and I don't want to give anything away, but that's part of a storyline in the show. So I was just kind of flipping channels, mm-hmm. and I picked up on it, and I'm like, okay, I'll pay attention to this yeah. for a couple of minutes. And when that storyline hit, I'm like, huh, let's sit down and watch this a little more. So I, I probably picked up the last four or five episodes, but I'm a big uh, crime, drama crime drama guy. Yeah, I'm a big spy espionage, Jason Bourne, um, but, I, but you know, I want to mention books, too. I've been enamored with an author named Robert B. Parker for years. Robert, B. Robert Parker. B. Parker is a mystery, crime drama mystery writer, and you'll know you'll know him as soon as I mention this. In 1987, ABC or 1985, ABC produced a series based on his most popular character, and the series was called Spencer for Hire with Robert
0: Urich. Year. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. You know, That's
3: Parker yeah, had yeah. written, before Parker passed away in 2010, he had written probably 50 mm. novels based on those characters, mm. and they carried through the years. And now, even though he's passed away, there are two authors who picked up the gauntlet, oh, okay. and they're writing his, his stories huh. and his characters. Mm. And he also has another series called the Jesse Stone series. Mm. Jesse Stone also has a series of movies. Mm-hmm. And those movies star Tom Selleck. Oh,
0: okay. Right? Tom Selleck.
3: Were they called? They're called Jesse Stone, yeah. So they have Some different titles, but too. Jesse yeah. Stone is, huh. the, is the lead character. Yeah. And Jesse Stone is a very flawed character. Sure. And Tom Selleck plays him wonderfully. Um, but one thing Parker did that not many other mystery writers have done is he came out with a lead female character mm. who is a private detective. Yeah. yeah in a tiny little thing who gets things done. Mm-hmm. And my daughter just is <laughs> enamored with that, you know? So um, I, I read. I love to read, mm-hmm. but I, I'm very selective about what I read. Sure, sure.
0: I, uh, I, I'm a, I'm in grad school at the moment, so my reading is basically just whatever books are given to me.
3: Yeah, and, and lately, for the last seven or eight years, I'm reading whatever my daughter is interested in sure. before she reads it to so make sure I can make sure it's a... appropriate.
0: <laughs> so I've read every Harry Potter book... Yeah. <laughs> I missed out on Harry Potter. I'm a couple years too late for Harry Potter is pretty much what I figured out. Um, yeah. I forgot this question before we sure. got too far. How do you take your coffee in the morning?
3: I don't drink coffee. No I've coffee. never had a cup of coffee in my entire life. No coffee.
0: No tea. No, coffee. In the morning?
3: no tea. Nope. Crystal light or
0: water? Fair. Nothing wrong with that, my friend. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm going to have to frame this question. Over the last few weeks, I've framed this question in a certain way, and it leads to the same kind of answer. So if you give me an answer that someone's already given me, I'm going to let you know, Okay. I- You are the WWE World Heavyweight Wrestling Champion. You are walking down the ring, uh, holding your belt triumphantly above your head. The crowd is is cheering your name. Jack. Jack. What song is playing in the background as your theme song as you walk down to the ring?
3: A kiss is just a kiss. No, I'm kidding. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I've got some Simon and Garfunkel in there before. Um... I can't get no satisfaction.
0: Very good. I uh, I have two versions of that. I have the Devo or Rolling Stones. So Rolling whatever. Stones. Right. <laughs> Very good. Uh, oh, that, I mean, that's a loaded question. Um, I, I mean... <laughs> You know what it is? I think the problem with the question is, and I, I loved that question when we first started doing it, the problem is I grew up watching wrestling, and I'm a big yeah. like baseball guy and soccer yeah, guy, too. so I have thought over the years about like what my walk-up song would be, yeah. what my theme. I, I had stock answers to go. I'm always surprised when people are like, I'm like, wait, you don't have an imaginary theme song in your head for whenever you walk into a room? Is that just me? I guess that's just me. Well,
3: you know, I mean, the first thing that popped in my head was, somewhere over the yeah. rainbow.
0: <laughs> I got go that one, too. Um, and, fine, Finally, uh, Jack, it's been a real pleasure having you on. Uh, real quick, uh, March 25th, again, St. Margaret's House, uh, New Hartford, New York, 47 Jordan Road. Go to Jack and Mo Cooking Show. Uh, sign up uh, before it sells out. I'm almost positive it will sell out. Probably even before this episode goes out. Who knows? I don't even know what they sold yet. Uh, and last but not least, last question for you. Uh, obviously, besides cooking, uh, besides spending time with your daughter, besides, I'm assuming the New York Yankees because I can see your ring, uh, besides Eddie money, give me one more thing that you are passionate about.
3: Being a dad. Yeah. Being yeah. a dad is the, is the full-time gig. It's the thing I think about when I get up in the morning, and it's the last thing I think about when I go to bed at night. Every single decision I make throughout the course of the day, first consideration is, how does this affect Morgan?
0: Yeah. It never yeah. ends, man. It never,
3: it never ends. ends, and I don't want it to. I mean, this is the most wonderful thing that's ever happened to me, and uh, I don't know what else to
0: say about it. I mean, it, it, it's, it's life. Uh, Jack, it's a real pleasure. Great success. I wish to you in the future. We're going to go do our bonus content, but uh, for our podcast listeners, again, Uh, It's a real pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. We'll be back, folks, in just a moment. again thank you one more time to jack flan's jack and mo cooking show uh, on youtube uh jack and mo cooking show check them out um really really great guys Have a great time the talking the dot to
1: wordpress him.
0: well i talked to him Shout
1: to that. everybody in the world if you've still got dot wordpress and your thing just drop it it's only 12 bucks for a year you gotta do it <laughs> uh, and again check out their class saturday march 25th
0: at saint margaret house in new hartford uh Really great, great, great give back community. Check out the website. Go to their Eventbrite page. It will sell out. It's not a lot of people, but it's uh, it will sell out very quickly. They did before.
1: Yeah, so. like I said, I took I took a meeting with him for my job for like mm-hmm. his regular yeah. day job. He works in a you know community organization around here, and they met. We were doing some donation stuff with my work, and we had a ten minute meeting about the work stuff we had to talk about. And we ended up talking for damn near an hour about the whole story and the Jack and Mo thing, and that's why I came to you with it. Because yes. like I mean I. Like it was a busy day and like I was, you know, enthralled by the mm. conversation. I could tell it was a podcast conversation and yeah. be happy to give him a platform to get that story out. Yeah, he was great.
0: He's a great talker. Um all right. So, let's get into the history lessons. Your first history lessons. How excited are you?
1: Um
2: I'm very excited. Wow. That's nice. <laughs> I don't that's know, I'm not really.
1: She's lying to me. I mean... Do I finally get to find out what this paper is? Oh, the Moon dog Coronation! Yeah, we we'll get to that in a yeah, second. The Moon dog Coronation Ball. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, on
0: this day in 1947, the 20th annual Academy Awards took place. You guys want to guess what the movie was that won Movie of the Year in 1947? The Flying Nun. The Flying. That's like <laughs> 1977. <laughs> oh, whatever. <And> any... <laughs> I don't <know>. the Birds. <laughs> any guess? 1940s, 60s. Um, no. It's called Gentlemen's Agreement. Um, mm. Interesting thing uh, at this time in 1947, uh, people about 90 million people a year were going to see uh, to see movies. Of, out of a possible 151 million people at the time. Like, that's a crazy amount of people going to they didn't me. have anything else oh. to do. Not really. Well, and I think that the point of this history lesson is to say, like, we talk about, like, why do they still have the Academy Awards and all this stuff? Because for a long time, like, movies were a huge part of the American, like, culture and lifestyle. And yeah. a lot of this stuff is just hangover from how important this stuff used to be, right? Yeah. So uh, that was just something I thought was fascinating. So there you go. Uh, on this day, <laughs> this is a weird one. <laughs> In on this day in 1345, uh, <laughs> the Black Plague the Black Plague was allegedly created. Where
2: did they find their documentation do you mean
0: allegedly
2: created? <laughs> that so sounds a like fact. some that's real a...
1: deep okay, state... So, like, all right, so there is no fact about when da the Black Plague... in his lab just cooking up stuff with Merlin. Uh, okay, right. I've got it.
0: But that's the thing. At the time, the scientists of the time believed that the Black Plague was caused because Saturn, Jupiter, and okay. Mars were aligned on this day... In 1345.
1: Oh, yeah. I didn't realize they were aligned. That's definitely what happened. That's, yeah, that's yeah, what that, that makes more yeah. sense.
2: <laughs> it
0: makes a lot more sense.
1: This <laughs> so is based on the sun. You didn't mention <laughs> the alignment of <with> the planets. <laughs> <Right>. So, so <laughs> I
0: didn't have all the information. Yeah, fake yeah. <laughs> like, news, like right? That. Yeah. Well, why don't we go back to play, uh, Planenta- planential alignment. That's not how that works. I don't know. Planential? That. Planential? What's the word?
1: Planetary. Planetary <laughs> <laughs> is the word I'm looking oh, for. Yeah. Planetary alignment. We should start using that more. Well, we're going to in Betsy DeVos' education system. <laughs> oh, no. It's going to be a new thing, <laughs> oh, actually. Gosh. We're going to use planetary alignment uh, I can't. to protect the weather after we execute all the uh, meteorologists. As a man who works <laughs> for the
0: education department, oh, I can't joke about Betsy DeVos. It's not funny.
1: Because she's your boss
0: now. It's she's not, listening right now. She's listening. Right? It's she's... not funny because... She's the boss. Because
1: it's no joke. Yeah. It's not funny. Because it's horrible. Yeah, she's now. Well, I,
0: I've, we'll get into Betsy DeVos at some point in time when I'm ready to talk about school vouchers. Um, all right. On this day uh, in 2000, I'm sorry, 1980. Never mind. I'm skipping that one. In this day in 19. 19- Eighty, jumping uh, all over, the jumping time all program. over. Uh, Jimmy Carter announced the U.S. will not participate in the Moscow Olympics after Moscow with uh, failed to withdraw troops from Afghanistan. Jimmy Carter laying down the law to the Russians.
1: I feel like that wouldn't happen again. That's nice laying down a lot of the Russians. I know, it's an,
2: it's I'm un, like, okay. That's almost unheard of.
1: That's pretty good. Wow. What are the chances the U.S. Ever, ever withdraws from any Olympics ever again? Oh, I thought you were going to say withdraws uh, troops from mm-hmm. Afghanistan. But oh. Oh. Um, same, huh. same answer? I, depends. No, if, if,
2: it has to be really bad for us. If circumstances call,
1: yeah. I Can I tell you? I don't think the Olympics will ever get to a country like that again, mm-hmm. probably. So, so if that's they right had... Now.
0: You don't think if they had the Olympics in, in, like, Moscow, like, right now?
2: No. I guess No, not right we no. show up
0: there and tear ass and win all the medals. <laughs> That's true. Nobody you wants to. to go there
2: right now.
0: That's true. Uh, and on this day, after, uh, in 1806, after 8,000 miles uh, from the Mississippi Basin to the northwest Pacific coast, Lewis and Clark begin their return trip after discovering the Atlantic o- or Pacific Ocean. So there you go. Or making Sounds it to the Pacific Ocean. So, oh, do you want to talk about this one? The big one you've been staring I, at the whole no, time? I, just,
1: I want to know why you have a large piece of paper on the desk with highlighted passages oh. that says the Moon Moondog Coronation Ball... Oh yeah, so uh, History's first rock concert. Yeah,
0: on this day in March twenty first, nineteen fifty two, uh the Moondog Coronation Ball, History's First Rock Concert, is now recognized as the first major rock and roll show to take place, held in Cleveland on that day. Moondog, uh the person in question was a disc jockey, Alan Freed, who was consi- Oh, that's so much
1: better. Yeah, Alan Freed. I was no, I just I wasn't not too. I don't really trust the 1952 people with the word Moondog. That sounds like it would be a horrible thing. We shouldn't be saying that over and over. I don't know what this stuff means. Oh, that was But that's yeah, better. It's a guy's nickname. Oh, yeah. wonder, how do you get a nickname like that? Uh, so,
0: Alan Freed, uh, he joined this Cleveland AM radio station in 1951 and was hosting a classical music program. Uh, but based on a suggestion by a local record store owner, he started playing rock and roll music. And as the popularity grew on his show, they decided to have a live dance. Uh, An event they called the Moondog Coronation Ball. Uh, The event was to feature headliners Paul Williams and his Hucklebuckers. Ever heard of them? No. Nope. What about Tiny Grimes and the Rocking Highlanders? Nope. That was an instrumental group that performed in Scottish kilts. So there you go. Uh, In the end, (laughs) however, so it was so popular, however, that uh, people underestimated how many would turn out. There was massive ticket counterfeiting and probably overbooking on the part of the event sponsors. Uh, They only expected 10,000 people, and they got 25,000 people that showed up. They had to turn them away.
3: Nice.
0: Uh, Basically, this was the first time that rock and roll music presented itself as a cultural movement and the first rock and roll show on this day, 1952. Okay. Thank you. So there you go. Thank you so much (laughs) for all the
2: history. (laughs) You guys have
0: learned so much today. So I put out out the call today to our listeners to see what they were interested in hearing us talk about today. And uh, I got a response from GFOP Kate Riley, who was very adamant about two things she wanted us to talk about that had been on her mind. Uh, We'll get into the first one right now. You guys familiar with the concept of lucid dreaming?
2: Yes. Yes. Uh,
0: Apparently, Katie's been having some problems with lucid dreaming. (laughs) I used
2: to be obsessed with it. Yeah? It's weird. I used to to be obsessed with that.
0: (laughs) Well, for those of you who don't know what lucid dreaming is, uh, basically it's the idea that you have awareness when you are in your dream and you can exert some level of
1: control over it. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've always had that ever since I was a little kid.
2: It was, I used to go into my dreams and I would know I was dreaming and I would do this thing where when I wanted to wake up I was like, alright, I'm on my way down now. I'm yeah, like... same thing. And I'd like, okay, and then i my okay, eyes as soon as I opened up. Yeah, and I woke up and, woke yeah. up and I'm like, wow, oh, okay, we am get back yourself in again. tell to wake up in a dream. Yeah, yeah
1: dream warriors. So awesome. like, yeah. 100%. <laughs> uh,
0: apparently, uh, using lucid dreaming is actually an effective technique for treating people who have severe nightmares.
1: So yeah, some people, yeah. Some yeah. people seek it out. Like, there's communities online. You can find people discussing it on, you know, mm-hmm. different web forums. People, like, actively try to get out in a lucid mm-hmm. dream and... Go wild. I haven't actively had a dream I've remembered in, oh. I don't
0: know, like five or six years. But I will say, oh, you are. Well, I'll say uh, this. When I was a kid, I sort of know what you were talking about. I used to remember like having dreams as a kid and waking up from them and being like, no, I want more of that dream. And then oh, trying yeah. to go, go back. back to but it's never oh, yeah. really the, the same, same know, kind
2: of thing. It's, no, it's, no, you, you can, can never get it, get it back. back. No, not that happiness doesn't Never get doesn't it back. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's always like a little sad, it's a little broken down. Uh so yeah, lucid dreaming. And then the other one that she really wanted us to talk about was um are you guys familiar with this Richard Simmons thing? Yes, they've got the podcast. I heard about
2: people. I've never I haven't listened to it yet. All right. I haven't heard about it. Well, I
0: didn't know anything really about this, right? Mm-hmm. I knew of the podcast, right? So part of me is like, well, I got to look some information up anyhow. Uh so the idea is that nobody has seen uh Richard Simmons in a in apparently a particularly a long period of time, right? He's been not seen in public for 1,100 days. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. So, now, this report was from Extra. So, take that for what it's worth, right? Uh, apparently, they're reporting one of the rumors is that he is, uh, his housekeeper is controlling his life from the inside of the house. Could be. Yeah. Uh, this is from Moro Olivia, Richard's former friend and masseuse. I don't know, Monsieur. I don't know what that means. Uh, 6 p.m. Yeah. win in the house... Uh, he was sitting in the living room. He was very weak physically and mentally. He was trembling. I called, uh, he said, Moro, I called you here because we cannot see each other anymore. I'm just here. I'm just going to stay here. I thought of the worst. I thought the worst was going to happen. I thought he was suicidal. Now, apparently, though, uh, <laughs> Simmons rep came out and said that this was a complete load of crap and the star was just taking a break from the spotlight. The magazine's attempt to reach uh, Simmons or his housekeeper were both unsuccessful. <laughs> So then this podcast is out, right? This Missing Richard Simmons podcast. And the New York Times called it out really hard today for being morally suspect. Because the question is like it's an investigative show about a guy who maybe just doesn't want to be bothered, right?
1: Isn't he How old is Richard Simmons? He's 68. Maybe he's just old and sickly and wants to get the hell out of the spotlight. I like think he's that, had
2: some mental issues for a little while. Yeah. I, I think that there's certainly. something just going on. And at sixty
1: eight there could be things like weight gain, it could be sick. Going crazy
2: for a little while. It could
1: be anything. Like I'd leave him alone.
2: It doesn't matter. If the
1: man doesn't want to come out, like just you know, he's earned that. Hmm. Uh, apparently in the podcast, and again, I have not listened
0: to the podcast, one of the things they're implying is that he may be transitioning to a female, so there's a lot of questions about whether or not this I'm pod- sure
1: they're implying that, and maybe he is, but leave him all alone if mm. that's what's going on.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so Richard Simmons, I I have to tell you, a lot of this was thrown at me sort of quickly. I didn't know much about this
1: Richard Simmons. I'm a little thrown off by it. It's, they, they, the people like to have something to sink the teeth into, like in the media. There's always a podcast that comes up where they- make up a mystery out of a thing and it's like a big thing for a while and sort of goes away. Well, that was
0: Serial's fault because it was the best and everyone tried to copy it. Right. Um, all right. So let's see what else I got. I got a great story for you guys. I'm very excited about this one. I'm going to pull it up. Okay. So it's March Madness, as we've discussed, going on right now, right? Sure. Uh, <laughs> did you know that March Madness is the time of year that is the peak time for male vasectomies?
1: Yes. No. <laughs> yes. yes. Apparently
0: no. this is a thing. Yes. Uh, there's a 25 you? to 50% increase uh, in the number of vasectomies that happen between March and April. Why? mm mm-hmm. See, you, I
1: know automatically. Heather has no I idea. Know, I don't have
0: any. I when you get care. a vasectomy, the thing you have to do is you have to sit around for two and a half days, three to four days, depending on how it's bad really? it is. And you can't do anything about it. You really can't do anything. So all of these people are just doing it so they can watch basketball. They're so
1: like, well, I was going to have one anyway, so i might as well do it when there's 17 college basketball games spread over 36 hours. <laughs> and so they pick to do it then so they can stay on the couch and watch the first two rounds of March Madness. It's smart. Uh. The Institute, apparently they
0: interviewed this doctor, Dr. Waldman, at an institute who does this. The institute has even had men call months in advance to schedule an appointment during March badness. The Institute is now catering to the influx in demand. We surmise that some of this because of the tournament, so we've done a promotion for the last couple of years associated with it. <laughs> um, the Urologic Institute has put together a survival kit, as they call it, that includes popcorn, peanuts, a pizza delivery coupon, <laughs> Uh yeah, uh, a Boise State uh towel, a bag of peas, a bottle opener, and many other things. So well,
2: why not market it off it? Smart. Uh.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, if it's you get brilliant. the money, if you're you gonna
2: get people to buy it. Go
0: get the market. Now, some of you may be asking, well, why this surgery particularly? Because it's incredibly le- like non-invasive. It's a really like yeah, it's, it's a like an day in day and out. Time. Yeah, it's yeah. like an in and out procedure. Do you know anyone who's got it? I know one guy who's got the vasectomy, I and mean, he seems uh, pretty pleased. I with know older guys. Yeah, old. Yeah, he's yeah. an older guy. Yeah.
2: actually
0: get one. <laughs> are you ready? After one? Yeah, just I'm after like, one?
2: You're, I go, like, you're, not, you're we're done. We're not <laughs> having any more. Get
0: off
1: of me. Stay away from I'm me. I'm
2: not getting you. are getting fixed. Oh,
0: um, so here's one. Um, this one really hit home for me because, Kev, you'll know, uh, and Heather, you'll get to know, I've done a lot of stupid things to impress uh, women who I thought I liked Whoa, over yeah. the years. Uh, yeah. Here's one. <laughs> here's one for you. This is an Australian one. Australian teenager gets mauled by crocodile to impress a girl he's trying to, like, gets a date anyway. Says it was all worth it. Uh, He lived. (laughs) I mean... uh, He got himself mauled by a crocodile. uh, Was drinking whenever... He was drinking. He was 18 years old. Because you can drink at 18. Uh, (laughs) He was drinking whatever it is teens call quote, a cup of goons in Australia. (laughs) Cup of goons. Um... Let me see what he can find here. He was trying to impress this girl. He was nearly dragged down by a twenty-foot crocodile, and he punched it in the eye with his other, less maimed arm. The teen is still in the hospital recovering from broken bones, but his ego isn't wounded. Uh, he wasn't concerned because he said he was trying to prove a point. It was all worth it. She's beautiful, caring, and kind, and now we have a date. That is the most. That's the least
2: she could do for him. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: the most Australian story I've ever heard. You <laughs> start
1: with a date. This man fought a
0: crocodile. Uh, well, that was the first date. For the crocodile. Uh, so let me ask you, Heather, what's the dumbest thing you've ever done to impress somebody you were interested in? Oh gosh, <laughs> I don't even know.
2: I I don't think I've ever really had to do any. No, yeah. oh, I, you I, so I, I, I don't think a lot of women. I don't think a lot of women really go out to do like men do. To what did you
0: try I to do to it. impress Zach? Oh. You got him to give you the ring. That's impressive. What's the oh, thing? he
2: said I had to learn how to spell his last name, or else he wasn't going to marry me, so I, cool. I worked on it. I mean, I'm trying to think what I've done. I'm not lame. I'm really cool. Just what's the, what, I can't what's, think of what I've
1: what's done. What's the dumbest thing some guys ever tried to do to get your attention or win your affections? Oh,
2: golly. I can't even think. I'm going to have to think. Wow, no. I'm sorry.
0: All right, well, I'll give you one to give start it off, because I'm the king of this. Uh, I would say the worst one this is before I was into soccer mind you but I was uh, I was seeing a girl who played on an indoor soccer team and we were talking and she said to me yeah you were
1: not a soccer guy at all back then. not at all
0: I'm a huge soccer guy now but at this point in time I was into punk rock and uh so I remember being like oh you're playing indoor soccer that's really cool right and I don't know anything about soccer <laughs> and she's like yeah well we're gonna play this weekend but the team didn't have all the players so I don't know if we're gonna be able to play this week and I said oh you need an extra player I can get out there and, you know, kick the old pigskin around. You, can I can, up. you know? I can play quarterback or whatever. And she's like, um, yeah, okay. Just, uh, if you, you don't have to. I'm like, no, no, I, I got you. I got you. So I went to this indoor soccer game. And I, I wore, like, skateboarding sneakers and, like, yeah, big yeah. baggy shorts. <laughs> and I ran out there. And I was such a mess. Like, I was falling over. I'm, like, tripping over people. And... I, it did not work, mind you. She was not impressed by my attempt to win her heart with uh, poor athletic skills. Uh, so, you know, don't get yourself into anything you can't
1: back up. Is, is my my advice, Kev? What about you? Um, I can't think of something as good as the soccer story. Well, that's
2: a good one. I don't. I went into a <laughs> mosh pit. I thought That's I could pretty go, good. No, I thought I could do it. It was at K-Rock. I think it was like 97 when Sugar Ray or somebody was there. The do Sugar
1: Ray play? mosh pit? <laughs> 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 well, Sugar Ray that mosh pit. Well no, <laughs> uh, known for the mosh pit, Who was it Sugar there? Ray. It was,
2: I can't even remember what it was, but I liked this kid um, at the time. He was a kid because we were kids. <laughs> and I thought I could go in there and mosh pit. And soon as before I even got in there, a guy was crowd surfing fell on my neck. And I had to get taken away in an ambulance because I sprained my neck. And I had to go all the way to Rome Hospital from K-Rock. And I thought, <laughs> oh I, new, when I was in high school, I was tiny. I was little. And I thought, oh, you know, I'm going to go out there. Everyone's doing it. And before I could even get there, some guy fell on me. And I remember them carting me away in an ambulance <laughs> to, that was that. I, I wasn't got during one. Sugar Ray. It was during I remembered
1: one. Sam, you were there for mine. Uh, we were, this is a bunch of summers ago now. We were up in Old Forge. And we were all hanging out. and We had been out at, like, Dakers up in Old Forge uh, drinking. And we went back. We met, like, a bunch of girls that were hanging out. We went back to the place where they were staying to continue, like, having beers and hanging out after the bar closed. Yep. yep. And so we yep. were sitting out there for a good long time. And me and this girl that I was talking to, yep. uh, who were, like, very much, like, talking trash to each other back and forth, like, having, like, fun that way. We got talking about going out on a canoe mind you, it was like 3.30 in the morning. We had been heavily drinking. Heavily. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, yeah, we'll just, we'll get in that canoe and we'll go. I'm like, yeah, okay, let's go on a canoe. Let's take a canoe. And so we get out, we get in this canoe, and we realize, I mean, not 15 feet from shore that we are in no condition to be canoeing. Like, we're not, should not be canoeing. Uh, we tipped the canoe. If you called her and asked her right now, she'd tell you I did it, but I will tell you that she did it. <laughs> old we tipped, canoe. We tipped the canoe. I was wearing, like, <laughs> jeans and sneakers and, yes. like, a long sleeve and maybe oh, a hoodie man. or something. Then we had to walk back from the place they were staying a uh, 1 mile up uh, route 28. Yeah, you know, like we were staying. Not even like on a like, road. Soaked wet at like 5 in the morning. Oh, so terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so I dumped that canoe, trying I to impress the girl with the blue light canoe ride. While oh, I, was
0: I didn't even see you fall in the water cuz I was just
1: swinging and missing with that girl. I was to... like <laughs> uh, that a
2: mess. If it didn't work out for you, you didn't get a date like the crocodile. No, we saw each other for a
1: good long time after a while, but it was tough because she was from uh, Syracuse and I'm from okay. here and we were just too busy to make it like a real thing. Gotcha. You can do long distance when you're maintaining something you already have, but it's tough to start long oh, absolutely. distance.
0: I was gonna say I tried to I jumped off that boat trying to land in the dock. Oh, yeah. But but that was that was not to impress somebody I was into. I thought that you was, broke your hip. That was not to impress somebody that I was into, that was to display my dominance to somebody I had. A past relationship with, like, to show them that I still had, like, Steve. I still got it, right? So in depth with that. No, it's so deep. One of the the worst moments, one of the worst moments, like, we're we on this boat and we're near the dock, and there's a good, like, three, four foot gap between the boat and the dock. And I'm looking at it, and I swear to God, I really did think. I really, really, a 100% in my credit, Thought I had it. I was like, I have this. I got this. I did not have it. I crashed into that dock and destroyed my hip in a way that really. I was hobbling around. You, I'm not a complainer. Like historically, your leg turned black. Like I'm historically not a complainer. Kev, you can back me up. if something's wrong for me to be acknowledging it, it's really got to be wrong.
1: <laughs> you were hurting. I thought uh, we were going to
0: take to the hospital.
2: You should have, like, a book of all your attempts and everything. Uh, it,
0: it's, <laughs> it's working on it. It's in my computer somewhere. <laughs> it's my unfinished novel. Um, all right. Well, we we're going to talk about fast food, but we've gotten... We're pretty deep into the episode, guys. We don't even have to talk about fast food Fine, if we don't we'll want to. We'll talk
1: the fast food, but you will not get me out of here without talking about that snowstorm for a minute. Oh, we didn't talk about the oh, snowstorm. Yeah. Not even once. I know. I can't believe because yeah. we, we talked about it we did the show because the show came out on Snowstorm Day and we were like, I heard the snow's coming. We'll see how it goes. Man. All right, well, let's give our quick snow recaps then. Um, all right, so here's my,
0: here's my whole MO. I am a single dude who works for the school system, right? So for me, when I got home on Monday night and I finished the show and I parked my car, I was 99% sure that I was not going to work for the next day, probably the next two. I just had a feeling. So I was camped in and ready to go. Like I had... I had my video games. My car was in the back of the driveway. Uh, it was intense. I will say that I've probably never, I, I, I would say absolutely never seen snow like that in my life. Really, never really seen snow like that. That heavy. That heavy. Think, yeah. Um, you know, it was it was intense. I will say that I feel like I didn't, yeah, it wasn't as bad as I thought it probably could have been,
1: and it probably was for other people. For us, you, you also didn't walk out of the house for forty-eight straight hours. That's very true, right? <laughs> well, no, I, I shoveled he the just driveway. Saw from
0: afar. I shoveled the driveway pretty good that second day. We were out there hacking up that driveway pretty good for a couple hours. You have a you have a child though. What, yeah, what did you do about I, that?
2: I when he napped, shoveled.
0: Oh God! I'm nav- such a trooper. But well,
2: no, I only did it once, and by the time my husband got home, it was like I didn't even do. It. I took pictures so he knew that I actually shoveled. I didn't think he was gonna believe me. I'm like, no, I have photos. I actually shoveled, and then like three hours later, he came home and it was like two feet of snow there.
0: Did you go out in the snow with the kid?
2: Uh, did I go out in the snow at with all? the kid? No. Oh yeah, no, we well we no. Did
0: you have to get pictures for like mom?
2: No, we didn't take them outside out, but we went skiing the next day. Though.
0: See, I got a bunch of pictures from my niece and nephew like out in the snow. I'm like, you guys are like. Ten and seven.
2: If like he was you, walking, I know. Yeah, that's be, like, funny. He age. Her kid is like just, lay, just a little like peanut with a face. No, <laughs> so he's
1: just
2: like we would we just we didn't bring him out. No, we're bored. Good for you. No, good. no he's not old
1: enough anymore. to no. go out. He won't yet.
2: even know. He doesn't understand it when he sits there. He's just like he just drools all over and mm-hmm. doesn't even look at. I don't. know, He doesn't appreciate uh, it's it. It's
0: like we bring Parkinson out in the snow. It's <laughs> the same exact thing. He's drooling all over the place. He doesn't remember.
1: slobbering all over, frothing at the mouth.
0: Alright, uh, yeah, so, look, you know, it was pretty crazy. I think that at this point in time, a week later, it's crazy how much it's already melted down.
2: It's like it never yeah. happened. It's, it's almost
0: like-, like it never
1: happened. Well, what? still, still a hell of a lot of snow no, out there, I but I know what you mean. It's not like it was. It saves
2: but- it for safe spring. Oh, yeah, I know. And First it's day of like, spring. It's, and it feels like it's going to stay forever. You
1: know so. what the best thing that happened with the storm was for me that I saw? When we were coming home, it took me two hours to get home from work yes. to here. You got Which is about a four-minute car ride, usually. <laughs> um, we got stuck really hard on Emerson Ave over here in South Utica. And it took us about two hours to get up because there were so many cars stuck. And one of the coolest things I saw is there were so many people in the neighborhood yes. out there, not in real winter gear, in, like, the heaviest snow, mm-hmm. like 3 and 4 o'clock mm-hmm. on Tuesday. And there were uh, probably between 8 to 12 people all together, one or two like snow and the rest with shovels. And it's, you know, I, I wouldn't want to harp on it too much because it almost sounds corny, but there were so many walks of life represented in the group of people out there working for the common interest. There were at least four different languages, there were probably nine different like mm. distinct immigratory nationalities, mm. and you know, just all these people working for the common good. And it was really sort of uplifting to be out there and be mm. digging people yeah. out. And then I could really realize that I was soaked all the way to the socks, and I'm like, I have had it with this beautiful moment. Get me to my house. Yes. No, After about it two wasn't hours. good
2: though because people were coming by with like snowblowers. Can I help you? Or yeah. were, people were. I live if. on French Road, and people were getting stuck mm-hmm. in front of my house. So it was nice to see like during all of that yeah. how great everybody was. But yeah, when it's time to go home, we yeah. just wanted
1: to. We, get we, out. we were out there. Oh. There were old guys, young guys. There were yeah. people from all sorts just of different helping. countries, different languages. If you had a snowblower
0: and there was a the guy up the road. And I got a shout-out. I don't know his name, but he came by. He had the Giants uh, beanie hat on. He was an absolute rock star of the street. He was up and down our street probably 17 times that
1: day. And you know what? He like, never gets the things he deserves because he does it all winter. Yeah, so he loves we, it. He's, he's done our sidewalk all winter long. Yeah. All winter long, he's done our sidewalk. That's awesome. he are pop it in the driveway a little bit, maybe. But, you know, we Blizzard. appreciate you, sir. <laughs> Blizzard Stella.
0: It's <laughs> over. It's over, guys. Blizzard Stella, as is this episode. 91 episodes. Heather, thank you so much for thank coming you in joining for having to... me. Was it talking. as terrifying as you were
2: No, expecting? it was cool. I right, liked good. it.
0: Good, all right, I'm glad. <laughs> um, Heather, where can we follow you on Twitter? At Topping Tree, is that what you said?
2: Yeah, and um, there's my Heather uh there's just Heather Janicky on Twitter, but I don't use it. So I was going to say, through. I don't think I've ever followed I don't, you on really know. I use my just my business, so it's the Topping Tree, yeah. Hmm. Uh,
0: at underscore Kevin Sullivan, at SF Doom. Follow the show at Udicast. Uh, Udicast.com for all our current and previous episodes. Send us a mailbag question. Uh, Udicast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud, 315 Live, and iTunes, folks. We will see you next
1: week. Yeah. I've never seen these people before. You will hear me talk at you. You will hear me talk at you next week. (laughs) Continue talking Uh, in your direction.